Welcome everyone to the UFFL Total Nonsense Podcast, week two of 2020. I am your host, Chris Gajaro. I am surrounded by a bunch of losers, but one, and that only one, is David K. May of the Kick-Ass Philanthropists. We also have Aladdin Freeman, co-owner of Compton's Most Wanted, John Bartman, the sole owner, or is he, of the Waver Wire Heroes, and the commissioner himself of Vicious and Delicious, Scott Tipton. Gentlemen, week one in the books, how are we doing, Aladdin? Um, still hurt, obviously, putting up that many points and losing. Um, it sucks. And it also goes back to what you guys always talk about. It's not all luck. A lot of it is managing, and I screwed up, so... Hey, get in line. Get in line, man. <laughs> John Bartman, how you doing? I am feeling optimistic. Oh. It was a it was a, a big loss, but feel good. I feel good going into week two. Very good. The newly married David K. May, how you doing? Oh, I'm great, Chris. Uh, a win is a win is a win. So I'll take it, and we'll, we'll try and be better and keep winning next week. And on about two and a half hours of sleep as he watched the Broncos and Titans... Let's go to the commissioner, Scott Tipton. How you doing? Christopher, Javier, Gajaro. It's John, actually. It's John. Ah, <laughs> I really thought I was going to get it this week. Uh, so close. It's okay. But, uh, yeah, you know, my fantasy game went down to the wire. You know, last possession of the Titans-Broncos game and came up short. But uh, tip of the hat to Hall & Oates. They, they got off to a strong lead on Thursday. They counterpunched me all day Sunday and, and held on to the win. So good win for them to start the year. And, and VD, while we while we lost, I think there were a lot of positives with our young guys. So uh, much like Mr. Bartman, it's a loss, but it signs of improvement. You got to keep it on the up and up, man. It's only one week in the books, but what a week it was. And we will talk all about it, all the scores, all the highlights, all the happenings, and the transactions. We will also have a feature, Dear John Fantasy Guru Advice, from the three-time champ himself, John Marquis. We'll have the communication czar come in and tell us what's going on around the NFL and as much snark as you can fit into one one-hour podcast. But let's get right into the nitty-gritty here, folks. Let's start with the scores around the UFFL. I'm going to start with Rochester Schmengus, 141 over the mission, 99. We have West Coast for Life beating up on Aladdin's Compton's Most Wanted, 143 to 129. We have VD, Vicious and Delicious, losing to Hall & Oates, 117 to 112. David K's team, he's the only winner here on the show, Kick-Ass Philanthropists, 100. Cardiff Fantasy Football Team, 76. The defending champs, 133-107 over the waiver wire heroes. Sorry about that, John. And then my game, it really wasn't very close. Free Jamal, 135. Mutt and Jeff, 106. I'm 0-1. Scott, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I want to look out west. I, I said the west was going to be the strongest division this year. I think that showed in week one. They had two teams go over 140. Compton went over 120 and still got a loss. And when you look at the power rankings, West Coast for Life was seen as the darlings of the preseason, and they showed why with a strong performance. 
And kind of the story of the power rankings was the mission, a team that had gone to the finals two years in a row, being predicted to finish fourth in the West. And I know it's only one week, and you know we should all just not overreact, but they certainly looked weaker with uh, only 99 points. And as we mentioned, picking a quarterback was going to be hard for them. And they showed it week one. They, they picked the wrong quarterback. I think all their other quarterbacks outscored David Carr. So by far. Yeah. So, you know, it's only one week, but they, they've shown you already what a headache that QB room it could be for them the rest of the year. Yeah. And not only that, we also talked about how weak their running backs were. And man, I mean, they got four total points out of Ingram and, and, and Connor, and that's just not going to cut it. And, and if JK, yeah, if JK keeps that goal line job, which I don't know that he will, but that hurts Ingram a ton. And you can't count on, on Devontae Adams having a career game every week. I mean, that's the only thing that kept them somewhat in it. That's brutal. That's a brutal start right. for them. And it might, it might appear that Boyle actually found another tight end because, like, we've been hammering all summer bad quarterbacks like tight ends, and it looks like Noah Fant is going to get a lot of opportunities, at least until Sutton comes back. So, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Think- Let's not call Drew Locke a bad quarterback just yet. Okay. Well, Jerry Judy made a young, had a bad young job. quarterback. <laughs> young quarterbacks. You know, it's funny, Barman. You actually brought up something. I don't want to go way off topic, but you hit the nail on the head last week when you said you thought rookies were going to play, and I think you were right. And they they showed up. But I also was surprised that a lot of these rookies showed while they a lot of them had success. A lot of them also showed some of the flaws that they had. Like Jerry Judy's. The the thing about him was lack lack of concentration. Think about C.D. Lamb was separation. Think about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was his size. And that all, while all the guys showed some success, also that also showed up. And I was a little surprised to see that happen already. But sidebar. Aladdin, speaking of running backs, in your matchup, you're, you're pretty. You're lucky that Barkley didn't show up. He did get nine points because of uh, passing with the Giants, but Barkley, Saquon Barkley, couldn't run at all. You put up 129 points, man. That's that's pretty legit. You've got to be a little bit happy with last week. Yeah, I am, but I also, like, being out, like I told Tiffin, I called him Sunday, and I was like, if I hadn't been here for 78 days since June 1st, I would have probably started the Rams. I don't know. Like, the lineup I had on Tuesday would have beaten Thomas, which is crazy, because I had Lazard in for Justin Jefferson, and I had the uh, Rams in, but... You guys said it. It's going to be a tough division. Uh, guys are going to have to show up. I got lucky, to be honest with you, because I got a couple of cheap touchdowns. Like, I know Manuel Sanders did nothing, and he caught right. a touchdown. And I forgot I got another cheap one later, but Mostert. Mostert had, Mostert had an 81-yard yard touchdown that I don't know if he always – I'm not going to count on that all the time. But good division, man. It's only one week, but what about Tom Brady? And <laughs> Jameis ain't so bad, is he now? All of a sudden, all those picks, <laughs> you know what I mean? All those picks Jameis threw. You know what I mean? He, he looked he, – black, black quarterbacks matter too, good job. Well, that is true. That's a whole different show there, pal. But, you know, Brady still put up 25 points. I mean, yeah, he had the two picks, but he's got well, so many garbage weapons. time points. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's Fantasy League. I mean, hey, who, who isn't rooting like hell for your team to go behind by, like, 20 points in the third quarter if you have the quarterback? Your quarterback, right? Yeah, exactly. Your quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> but, hey, let's, let's enough of all this crap. Let's talk to the winner. Let's talk to David K. May. An abundance of points 
albeit on your bench. <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> you, I, I feel like uh, all the bad luck I bitched about last year got made up in one fell swoop this week. Um, I, I could not have started a worse lineup. I had four running backs for three spots, the highest score I sat down. Every single receiver on my bench put up more than the guys I started. So, so let's friggin' Jaguars defense. Let, let's hear the um, names though. Let's hear the names. Like you, it's embarrassing how many good players you have. But we have Aaron Jones at running back. Go ahead. Who who do you got there? No, I mean the one thing I was debating was Nick Chubb or Chris Carson. You figure Seattle Atlanta is going to be high scoring, but oh, Nick Chubb, he's so talented. Even though the Ravens are likely going to smack down the Browns. So, like an idiot, I go with Nick Chubb. And, of course, Chris Carson has two early touchdowns. They stopped giving Chubb the ball once they fell back 20-6, uh, to six, fell behind 20-6. to six. But, yeah, I mean, it actually was a lot closer, I think, than the final score against McPherson. I feel really bad for McPherson. You know, like, you can't expect Michael Thomas to – to do absolutely nothing uh, going into that game. Joe Mixon barely did anything in his yeah. afternoon game. But, yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm not going to start Robbie Anderson, who had a big game. Uh, C.D. Lamb isn't isn't called up yet. He had a decent enough game. But, like, Diggs scored more than Keenan Allen. Dallas Goddard, who I traded Matt Ryan for, in my infinite wisdom, I thought Phillip Rivers was going to throw to Doyle a lot. I think he had three catches the entire game. Goddard had eight and a touchdown. Like I was saying a minute ago, even the Jaguars outscored the Bears. Just like Scott said five minutes ago, I can only hope because I think I'm going to roll out much the same lineup in week two against you, Chris. Can only hope that some of those guys who didn't score touchdowns wind up on the right side of luck next week. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing, though, is that that, that's the key, though. When you have a down week and you still can can pull out a win, that's the key to a good team. Exactly. I mean, that's the key to having a good team. Um, But I did want to ask you because the thing is it comes back to Brady again. Brady's arm is not good. I mean, some of his passes had so much air in them, and that could affect guys like Godwin, and it could affect oh, guys like I'm, Evans. I'm like, very worried about that. You know, Godwin, I think he'll be okay, but I don't think he's going to do nearly what he did last year. I think we saw what could become a common occurrence for Keenan Allen, regardless of whether Tyrod keeps the job for a while or Justin Herbert comes or jumps in. Austin Eckler suddenly doesn't have O-line work and not as many dump-offs from Rivers. I mean, I am I really don't want to worry, but I like my players, but I, I think gone are the days of the weekly 140s and 150s I started to get used to. Um, I think I'm going to have to coach my way into more wins this year, which is an extraordinarily dicey proposition. I mean, hey, it's only it's only week one. Man. It's only week one. Let's calm down. Sorry, John. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was, was going to ask Scott, because I'm sure he paid attention to the Dolphins game a little bit more. What's going on in the Dolphins' backfield with Howard and Breida and, and those guys? I got to tell you, it really surprised me how that running back usage uh, was allocated. You know, Howard got to start, and the you know really the first couple series. But then Miles Gaskin, who yeah. I drafted in the fifth round and uh, didn't hang on to because I figured – you know, it was going to be the Howard and Breida show. And even at the end of uh, last year, Patrick Laird was ahead of Gas- uh, you know, Miles Gaskin on the uh, depth chart. And Gaskin got a lot of run. Breida got used much less than I really anticipated. So, I, you know, I don't know if it was just game plan specific. That could be a fantasy mess for anybody owning a Dolphins yeah. uh, running back unless you're, you're just hoping for a touchdown. 
But um, they really rotated four because uh, Patrick Laird even got playing time. So, you know, they they were rotating, you know, four guys in there, and you know, we'll see how that shakes out. Somebody might get hot and take take hold of that job. But what a mess that was uh, week one. That certainly okay. hurts Dave's depth there too. Oh yeah, I, I think a lot of teams are doing that though because the Niners. Always do that, and there was no difference this time. You know, even Coleman, even though they're worried about um, his, I think he has sickle cell. They're worried about him. Being, is yeah. it sickle cell? Yeah. So the air quality. Yeah, the yeah. air quality in San Francisco. They're worried about. They rotated three guys. The Colts, Rams. the Rams, Rams did. The Colts did, and then Mac, of course, is out for the year now. Um, speaking of which, I got an email from Jim Piscatelli saying. I lost three running backs. Can I get McKinnon back after our trade? <laughs> <laughs> and Oates turned over their entire running back room in one week, right? Leaving yeah. Bills out for about a month. Mac is done for the year. But it wouldn't surprise me if they call up Zach Moss now that he's getting a decent amount of looks. You know, I, I think the entire room is going to flip. And, and luckily for them, they still have they, they have some depth there this year. Yeah, Benny Snell, which is a good pickup for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I, I, I wouldn't, as a Steeler fan, I wouldn't bet my season on Benny Snell. Well, hey, hey, but David Johnson yeah. looks a lot better. Anthony McFarland could get a uh, good there game you go. there. Yeah, but there hey, you go. hey, as far as Hall and Oates is concerned, David Johnson sure looked a hell of a lot better than we thought. And, you know, on, looks on, one, on, one, on one carry, though. No. He, exactly. No, he looked good. I mean, he, looked, he, he looked good. Yeah, he looked good. He looked and good. on top of that, Duke Johnson's already like, hurt. So he's going to get, you know, Touch galore. He, he the problem certainly, is though. There's that, that team is. You can see they're they're not that good right now. I no. would he if he goes off this week, it's going to be because he catches the ball, and that'll be all late points. So you could get a lot of points late, but I don't see him doing much early against the Ravens. Bringing it back to the Western Division, bringing yeah. it full circle from this discussion. I know we don't want to panic or go too crazy after one week, but if you're Matt Cohen and Matt Volk, are you? extremely worried about your year with the way the Ravens deployed Ingram and Connor getting hurt. I mean, who else are they going to play a running back now? You have I mean, nine 100%. receivers and you got to play Tariq Cohen. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that team makes a big shakeup move. Judge Ito. You're going to have to go to Judge Ito Smith in Atlanta. And they, got, they got Howard still too, so they could roll out too and just yeah, like Tipton always says, go Air America. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't look to trade to a team that desperately needs a quarterback like, I don't know, Mutt and Jeff. Hey, I'm open. Uh, I'm open for offers, actually, you know. Uh, oh, boy, my quarterback situation. Let's let's take a look at the East. Um, there was no surprise in my mind that even though I was the upset special from Scott, there was no surprise in my mind that I was going to lose to Free Jamal. I was surprised how badly my quarterback played. I totally blew it by playing Tyrod Taylor who looked nothing but generic, if not worse. And that just killed me. I mean, you know, I got 25 from Zeke. Great defensive effort from the Chargers. Uh, mishmash from some receivers. But the quarterback situation, woof. You know, what are you going to do? But uh, as for the other two teams in the East, John Bartman, you have to be excited, right? I'm overjoyed with how, you know, how good Josh Jacobs looked. He was, I mean, I, I said to Freeman, I mean, he looked like, the second coming of LT. I mean, I don't want to get too crazy, but I mean, he could run. He had holes like a, you could drive a truck through them. Right. But then when he had to run over guys, he could. He was right. catching the ball. He was scoring catching touchdowns. Catching this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like, okay, I can deal with this. If I can get, you know, a, a good 20 points per game out of him, that'd be phenomenal. Clyde Edwards-Alaire 
was as advertised. I wish he could have punched in a couple of those goal line carries. Um, would have you know would have looked a lot better. I mean, I hey, I got a serviceable number three in Peyton Barber if he can you know fall across the goal line a few times. Fool's gold, bad. fool's gold, my friend. I had Peyton hey, Barber forever. Hey. He always <laughs> runs hard. He always looks like he could do something. If he, he can do this thunder to Gibson's lightning, I'll, I'll take it. I hear you. Um, I hear you. you know, his I mean, rookie was looking good too. Ruggs was looking good before he got hurt. And then Ruggs, I mean, the it. thing is, is yep. that like he he got he got his knee rolled over and yeah. toughed it out. And Gruden was you know very effusive in his praise for Ruggs, you know, with his toughness. I mean, he was looking really good uh, on 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 two of those drives before yep. that injury. Then he didn't catch a ball after that. Then again, they also leaned on Jacobs a lot, which. That could end up hurting me down the line as well. But um, Cortland Sutton didn't play. He shouldn't be out long, but get Sutton back. You know, we'll see what happens. And and the thing with I wanted to say about Free Jamal, Lamar Jackson, man, when is he going to turn into that running back that we keep talking about? I mean, he Dude, looked he like looked, a damn good quarterback. He looked really 20 good. Of, 20 of 25. Yep. Yeah, I think his QB rating was 152. I, I, I don't know. I got to admit, I keep saying it's going to it's gonna end at some point, but he wasn't running the no. ball, unless he had to. He looked like yeah. a quarterback. Yeah. He looked damn good. Good to agree. It's Cleveland, though. They're all in perspective. Well, that, and that's the thing. Like, you want to talk about maybe not overreacting in the positive direction instead of the negative, like the mission. If you're Jeremy Kaczynski, are you sitting there right now just rubbing your hands together, Dr. Evil style, being like, I got the number one quarterback. I got the number one running back. Malcolm Brown got some run. Like, I got three solid receivers, a usable tight end. Like, is, is Kaczynski the favorite in the East now? Or at least, like, um, a serious, serious golf contender? I do want to point out that McCaffrey is not the number one running back. Josh Jacobs, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I think he is exactly what I'm If he gets a, like, if, if the harder thing that is going to bite him is we'll just have to see what his running back situation looks like because, as y'all said, it's going to be three backs for the Rams. But... Yeah, right now it is going to be <laughs> – Gurley's going wild free Jamal. That's going to be a heck of a matchup when it happens. It's going to be soon. So, Especially if Aaron Rodgers is all the way back. Like he, it, yeah. for game one, that was a big <laughs> FU to the rest of Green Bay by Aaron Rodgers there. Did Green Bay draft Jordan Love just to light a fire under Aaron Rodgers' ass? Well, if they did, it worked because he looked yeah, outstanding. Looked outstanding. Mr. Commissioner, what about your team? You didn't get a, you didn't get a little – a little update on what's going on with VD. You picked yourself to be last, which I thought was a little rough. But what do you think about your team, man? A little, you were competitive did, right to the you end. Know, I think my team, kind of my prediction for my team this year, and uh, it might come true, is that we're going to start slow. But around midseason, this team could really be a team that a lot of other teams don't want to play and that they're going to hope can't find a way into the playoffs. Because we're just we're so young, and really, what what bit me was when I found out Galladay was uh, downgraded to doubtful on Friday. I, I basically had two options: I could roll with another rookie with Brian Edwards, or I could go with Corey Davis. Right. And at the time, he was questionable with a hamstring, and he certainly never got a ton of targets in the past, and you know, a little banged up. And I, I thought the Titans were just going to want to run the ball. I figured Raiders, Carolina, that's going to be a high-scoring game. They're going to be throwing it around. And Edwards was on the field a lot. Like, he, he really was out there. He just didn't get any targets. So uh, I certainly chose poorly. 
because, you know, Corey Davis went out there and put up 12 points. He had over 100 yards receiving. So that's on me. Uh, you know, bad, bad coaching. But to get over 110 points and, you know, see what some of the young guys are doing. I, the, the big question for me is, like, J.K. Dobbins. What do I do with J.K.? Mm. Because he really didn't get a lot of touches. And without getting goal line work, he would have he burned me. Obviously, I didn't call him up and play him. I'm certainly tempted to now, but, right. you know, it's it's like we said, it's one week. Wouldn't shock me if next week Ingram gets the, the goal line carries and, you know, they were just – it was just a rotational luck that he got those those carries. But certainly good to see him cash those in. I think it's a, it's a, it's a sign of things to come. But, yeah, just a young team. Yeah. What I would say to you, Tip, is uh, I would bring them up. Dobbins and I would just play the matchups. If you think like this week they're going to blow Houston out, which I think they're going to blow Houston out, I would bring him up and play, probably play him just in hope that he gets to Barbin's point earlier, you know, more carries as, you know, because people are going to work these guys in the shape. And if they are blowing him out, then he is going to get a lot of run later. That's how, that's how I would approach him anyways. Yeah. I would, I would err on the side of caution and hold him back a little bit, but I think it, I think by the end of the season, like we had said during the preview of the Central, I think by mid-season, he's going to be getting, if not even, more uh, carries than Ingram. So it, he's man, he looked so good. I, he, he didn't get very many ch- chances, and when he did, he popped. Boy, what a great player! But hey, we've got one member of the gang here wasn't able to be on the show. He is in the bubble, Bubble Boy John Marquis, but he did leave us with a little advice. This is Dear John Fantasy Football Advice from the Fantasy Guru. Welcome back to another episode of Dear John Fantasy Football Guru Advice. My dog Oscar can get very excited at home and barks at literally any little noise or movement. And my wife always says to him, Oscar, first you listen, then you look, then if it's for real, then you bark. I usually say just, Oscar, that's enough, something like that. But I'd say the same advice to owners early in the fantasy football season. Don't get too excited. Don't get too high or too low over week one. More often than not, your team isn't as good as you think, and they're certainly not as bad as you think. Don't worry about Mike Evans and Brady not being on the same page and Brady looking awful in general. Don't panic over Cooper Cup basically getting ignored in that Rams offense. Don't stress about Michael Thomas catching only three balls in a win over the Bucks. Now, not saying ignore those things, but just don't panic yet. On the other side, for the guys that came out of the woodwork and had great games, take a chance. Pick them up if you can, if you have roster space. Rams running back Malcolm Brown. Philly tight end Dallas Goddard. Jacksonville quarterback Gardner Minshew, Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, Tampa Bay receiver Scotty Miller, all had solid week ones. And all of these players are owned in under 30% of standard ESPN leagues. Worst case, you pick them up, they fizzle out, and you drop them in a couple weeks. No big deal. Best case, they keep it up, and you look smart for picking them up early. Bottom line, this is week one. Starting now, you're just gathering data, paying attention to rosters, keeping notes of the trends, and being aggressive on the wire 
and most importantly, staying calm and not overreacting. Football's back. Cheers, folks. How about that, guys? What'd you think? Doesn't apply to our league. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that shit applies to our league. Everybody's looking. I'm looking at everybody's face, and they're like, "Not UFFL." That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Is he talking?" Like, yeah. I think he. PPR or non PPR? I think he. He think he should have prefaced it by saying that's more for uh, what's what's the, it's not the daily league. I can't remember what the the non dynasty. Yeah, yeah, the season league. Redraft, redraft league. Redraft league. Yeah, yeah, he should have should have mentioned that at the top. But but overall, I I, I agree with what, you know, because one of the things that drives me crazy is just, you know, in the media in general, just all the overreaction to week one. It's like, you know, I was watching NFL Network today, and they've already crowned Clyde Edwards-Alaire Rookie of the Year. And it's like, look, he might be. But, it you know, it's one week, and yeah. – it's a marathon, not a sprint. Let's all just calm down with, you know, the the Brady's done and he needs to retire. That might be the case, but let's, you know, let's wait three or four weeks before we really have a solid look at how these teams are going to shape out and, and what the fantasy landscape is going to be. The overreaction is just out of control. You know what, though, Scott mentioned the, um, the Cloud over to Lair thing as rookie of the year. There is a, another rookie that we didn't talk about. We glossed over it because he's not on Cardiff's roster right now. But Joe Burrow, what did you guys think of Joe Burrow? I know there's someone else that's itching to talk about Joe Burrow, but yeah, we'll get to him later transition. on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. I thought he looked okay. You know, he's trying to take some chances. Right. He looks scattered for the most part, like a rookie run, rookie Wait, quarterback. What did you say? What's that? Did you say scattered? S- scattered? Scattered? I meant to say scattered. scattered. Oh, scattered. <laughs> I thought I thought Joe Burrow looked good. I thought you know, yeah, he, like yeah, he he's made a couple of rookie mistakes, and and rookies are going to do that. Yeah, I think that's why rookies need to play. But you know, especially that last drive, he was poised, got oh, his team yeah. down uh, in position, and you know, I don't know how a kicker strains both calves on a kick, but <laughs> <laughs> Bengals doing what Bengals doing. That's what the Bengals do. Oh my god! Um, but I mean, yeah, that, that touchdown that, that got called back, the A.J. Green push-off, that was a fantastic throw. Oh, God. He had some really nice throws, and he took some chances, and you know, a couple of them didn't work out, but hey, I love that. I love that he had the confidence to do that. But hey, before we get to all the NFL looks, let's talk about our league. Let's talk about the awards. Scott, introduce the awards here. You, you've done it for now 16, 17 years. Yeah, well, in the UFFL, we have a uh, bevy of, of weekly awards where we like to uh, have some fun and show some love out there. And uh, do you want me to just go right into my my first award, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just kick us off, kick off the 2020 UFFL season with our week one awards. You will get the Monster Energy Boost of the Week from Scott Tipton, the commissioner. So the Monster Energy Boost of the Week goes to the player who just goes out and crushes it above and beyond really jolts his fantasy football team, almost carries them to victory. And week one for me had to be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was considered, you know, almost a fading lower end QB one. And Gurley's Gone Wild needed every bit of his 42 points. You know, he was out there. He shredded Minnesota, which I expected Minnesota to have a good defense and it was on the road. I don't know how much that really matters this year because without fans, right. you know, how much does being on the road mean? But Aaron Rodgers was, was spot on. 
tore it up. And if he even just has an average 20-some point game, he's in a nail-biter there with Bartman's team. So Aaron Rodgers' monster energy, boost of the week. Absolutely. Good stuff. It's so funny how we were talking about that the draft that we had, how what a terrible pick Love was and, you know, oh, but – there were other guys saying, well, Rodgers looks like he could be at the end and all the stuff. Now, man, it looks like Rodgers said from the minute he was drafted, okay, boys, wait till you see me this year. He just torched it. He looked great. He looked absolutely great. Let's take a look at our next award. This one goes out to David K. May. David, you will give us the Jeremy Kaczynski Blunder of the Week. You know, Chris, it, it really pains me on this one because – I feel like you have to, if the circumstances dictate, give this award to somebody who would have won their team the week if they had been played. And and unless I counted wrong, there was only one such situation where that pendulum would have swung this week. And, and Scott covered it very much in depth in his own breakdown of his own team, but I, I hate to say it because uh, Scott's acumen is second to none, but I, I feel like it has to go to Scotty T this week oh. um, for the for the gala day misdirection. You could have played Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know, you could have put him into the lineup even if you wanted to keep Galladay in there. Corey Davis versus Brian Edwards is is you know fifty fifty coin flip in my book. I, I like Corey Davis even though I gave him to Scott. So. I'm not seeing anywhere else where it can go. Right, it sucks to say, but I, I think you got to give Scott uh, probably just for the only time this year the blunder of the week. Ooh, Scott, taste it. I think it's fair. You know, it's a uh, you know I, the the Sammy Watkins. You know, I, I think it's a little harder because at the time Matt Patricia was playing down the Galladay, and he was like, "Oh, you right. know, we're just being cautious." And that's what I hate about Thursday night football. I really do hate Thursday night football because. By the time I knew Galladay was doubtful, Watkins had already played, and you know Galladay is my number one receiver, so I, you know, will always usually plan on on putting him in. But yeah, then I did have the the choice between Corey Davis and and Brian Edwards, and uh, I chose wrong. It happens, and that's that's preseason, man. We didn't, we never got to see these rookies play. Yeah, and you're 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 flying blind a little bit. There's all that it was all that Kool Aid that they were pouring out there and you just don't know until they play the games talk is cheap john you know what else is cheap the denny's grand slam breakfast cheap win of the week amazing segue and that will be given to us by aladdin freeman co-owner of Compton's most wanted it's it's embarrassing that david may is going to get the cheap one of the week he had 100 points <laughs> he would have beat exactly <laughs> one other team two he was two Ooh, he would have beat Mormon Mission. He, he would have beat, yeah, the Mission and, Cardiff, and, and, and the beat, team yeah, the team that he beat. So there were two so teams he, would he could have, have played. Two total teams. He would have beat one other team in our league other than the team that he played, which is just embarrassing. But like you said, he probably left 155 points on the bench. I can't tell because now the website's even too smart. But, um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, congratulations, Dave. I'm sure this will be the only time you get a cheap win. And I, I know you've had some cheap losses, so – Here's to you, buddy. Hope you enjoy at least this side of uh, home prize. 
You know, I love the uh, the triple four at Denny's or whatever it's called. I, I usually carbo load pancakes, uh, hash browns, eggs, uh, maybe some bacon going forward. But yeah, I hope this is the one time all year I got to taste this. But what I can say is, uh, barring some once in a decade nonsense, whereas last week, uh, excuse me, last year felt like I was whining like a little bitch every second week about my, my score luck. You are not going to hear any complaining going forward from me because uh, this was an extraordinarily cheap win. Bad coaching got glossed over by uh, by a, a bum opponent, and uh, I, I just hope I don't have to sweat that out going forward again like this. Oh, boy. <laughs> leaving points on the table. Speaking of leaving. <laughs> John Bartman gives us a guy who left us way too soon. God bless him. He's still alive, but he left the league. The Jason Linkus vanishing act will be given to us by John Bartman, owner of Wave Wire Heroes. Speaking of which, by the way, Linkus has, has uh, once he, we actually got him on the show and didn't cut him, he hasn't been back. Yeah, I know. We have we haven't we haven't had a leave him cut again. But anyway, um, <laughs> so the vanishing act um, this week there was actually several candidates. I hate to give it to someone that got hurt. I mean, that's the thing is that you don't want to give it to someone that got hurt. Like, I mean, I was all over Le'Veon Bell coming into this week, and he put up a stinker, four points. He did not look good even when he was on the field. His hamstring <laughs> gave out. Now he's on IR. Michael Thomas, he looked. I mean, I don't know exactly how late in the game he, he sprained his ankle. I think oh, it was, it was pretty super late. late. Oh, yeah. Super late. Yeah. Three points from Michael Thomas is terrible. But again, like to Dave's point, that didn't cost them the game. Um, I got to give it to the dual running back duo of Mark Ingram and James Conner. Two points each. Just brutal. I mean, that, that's just really, really bad. And that just does not bode well for the future for them. Um, honorable mention, Raiders defense with a zero but it's hard to give it to an entire defense. So I, I got to go Mark Ingram, James Conner for the mission. Yeah, the the Mark Ingram, James Conner one is, boy, that does not bode well for that team. Like, they better get better than that from those two guys. They, they could be in big trouble there. But good stuff, everybody. Good awards. Well done. Good presentation. Um, now our show takes a dramatic turn for the worst. As we bring in the best. Communications, man. In the fantasy football world. And now, a special message from UFFL Communications Czar Robert Gajaro, the Emmy Award winning producer from NFL Game Day and NFL Primetime on ESPN. Welcome back to the show, Robbie Gajaro, the Communications Czar. How's it going there? I'm okay. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. You can hear you fine. Oh, good. That's good because I have a lot to say. Good. So sit back and relax, because I don't think I'm going to need anyone's input. <laughs> uh-huh. um, okay. and, I'm, and I'm certainly not going to need your input. So let's, let's just start with it right here. Uh-huh. Look, football is a game about, of numbers, really. We all know this, right? You know, it's 10 yards for a first down, you know, four downs here, seven, six points for a touchdown here, 100-yard field. So lots of numbers really have jumped out at me after week one. First of all, we start where we should always start our discussion of quality football. Detroit. Um in what has to be, in what has to be one of the more amazing numbers here, Matt Patricia is their head coach. In case you do not know, in the last seventeen games the Lions have played, they have blown eight fourth quarter leads. 
if the object for the Lions was to blow fourth quarter leads, you could not do it at a rate that they're doing it right now. <laughs> it, that's unbelievable. Last year on opening day, they had an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter and held on to get a tie. <laughs> this, this year on opening day, they had a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. The opposing team's quarterback was Mitchell Trubisky, and they lost. Unbelievable. That is truly an amazing number. And I and I thought, like, well, that number is, like, that's appalling. That tells you how terrible the coach this is. This is a defensive coach. But this must tell you what a, a terrible uh, coach he truly is. But then I saw the number from last night. If you did not see it, Vic Fangio is the coach of the Denver Broncos. Mm. Vic Fangio has been the head coach of the Broncos for 17 games. In those 17 games, they have blown four games with the lead in the final 30 seconds. 30 seconds or less left in the game, four times they've lost in 17 games. Robbie, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. So to be clear, that's not good. I can confirm for you. Okay. That is not good. <laughs> Making sure. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's almost about, again, if the rule, if the object is have the lead with 30 seconds left and lose, if that's what your intention is, I'm not sure you could blow that four times in 17 games. That's truly amazing. These are defensive geniuses. Keep that in mind at all times. Anyway, hard to figure. Speaking of. Speaking of great teams, again, more great football. I'm not sure how many people are aware of it, although I think at least one person on this call is aware of it. Since the start of the 2017 season, you know that the worst team in the NFL is the New York Football Giants? Yes, I do. When you're worse than the Lions, and you're worse than the Browns, and you're worse than the Bengals, and really inexplicably worse than the JETS, that is a complete... Disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And their quarterback, their quarterback of the future, has a small turnover problem. As mentioned in the off season, in the run up to this year, their quarterback now has played in fourteen games. He has turned the ball over twenty five times. That is a Jameis like approach to playing quarterback in the NFL. That is not recommended. That's got to change. Although it probably won't change this week. Maybe next week. I know there are Jets fans out there. I know there are. I feel bad for you, but honestly, you brought it upon yourself. <laughs> you don't have to root for the Jets. There are 31 other teams you could root for. And even if you took out the Bengals and the Giants and the Lions, there's still that, that's, and, the, and the Browns, there's still lots of other teams you can root for. There's no legitimate reason for anyone to be rooting for the New York Jets. And to be fair, in what is one of the most revealing numbers of the weekend. Apparently, even Jets fans know there's no point in paying attention to the Jets because the Jets' ratings for Game 1 was down more than 30% from last year. So we've had a pandemic. We have had crippling unemployment. We have been locked in our houses. We have been unable to go anywhere. We've had nothing to do. Unable to travel, unable to visit people, unable to go have dinner, unable to go to bars, and Jets fans still found something else to do than rather than watch the Jets. Red zone, baby. Red zone. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Robbie, uh, just... Hey, no, 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 no,
Oh, oh, oh okay. You, you, there's more. I have a lot to say here. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> and I blame my dad for being a Jets fan. <laughs> Fine. Robbie, in, in your in your little as you, as you take us through the NFL your, your NFL news and notes here, was there anything positive that happened during the weekend? Yes. <laughs> okay. There positive things. Positive things did happen this weekend. Ah, good. Look, I don't want to say that I told you so. Uh oh. But we need to give two big shout outs to two of my all time favorite players, the aforementioned Mitchell Trubisky, and Mr. Excitement himself, Josh Allen. Whoa. We know it's fantasy. It's not real life. In real life, no one in their right mind wants either of these two guys to be your quarterback. But in fantasy, these guys did what they had to do and get their team a win. Now, Mitchell Trubisky tried his damnedest to make sure that the Bears didn't win. But then the then the light came on, and suddenly he started throwing, and, and his receivers— to be fair, if you saw some of the catches that yeah. he made, I mean, it's yeah. like acrobatics going on. Out down there. down like, the sidelines, Allen Robinson, but I he think. he made Oof. one of the sweetest throws of the weekend, The game, uh, the game, what turned into the game-winning touchdown pass, yeah. although it really shouldn't have been the game-winning uh, touchdown pass. Mr. Swift shouldn't. Mm. 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 DeAndre. But I'm going to be positive here. I'm not going to reference the, one of the very worst drops in recent NFL history. We're just going to ignore that, and oh. we're just going to say, give it up for Mitchell Trubisky who has managed to hold on to his starting job for one full week as they go into week two and take on the, the Giants again. And it was an absolute chance, again, playing against the team with the worst record in the NFL since 2017. It is possible that Mitchell Trubisky can be 2-0, and and as mentioned way long ago on one of the earlier podcasts, the Bears, with one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, just like they did a couple years ago when they accidentally won the division and got in the playoffs, are in a position where maybe they're just gonna have enough to actually make a difference and be things here. I wouldn't bet the entire world on it, but it's curious how that works out. Now, don't let them go against any good teams. Uh, Josh Allen has always been one of my favorite players. I call him Mr. Excitement for a reason, because you don't know what he's gonna do on any given play. You don't know. The Bills don't know. Mm. He doesn't know. Nobody knows. The Jets didn't know. <laughs> the <Here>. Jets didn't. <laughs> he successfully marched marched the Bills to a 27-17 to 17 win and also successfully managed to keep the Bills from scoring 45 or 50 because they really could have put whatever number they wanted on the board. And if they'd had a quarterback who was actually really good, they would have put 45 or 50 on the board as opposed to what they settled for. He's like watching a newly born colt trying to get up on his legs and and jog over to the other side of the barn. <laughs> you watch him and it's like he is he is gangling he's all over the place and it sometimes it looks beautiful and sometimes it looks like he's never actually seen a football game played before, but he's just gonna try to wing it and figure it out. But if he can just not do that stuff, the Bills are going to be really tough to beat because they are a really good team. I, I would just like to interject one second here, Rob. I, yes. Uh, Mr. Commissioner, back me up on this. I do believe during one show I had mentioned how Mitchell Trubisky would probably win the job in Chicago. And our dear uh, communications are here said I was a fool. A fool, in fact, I think was the return, saying that, Mr. Commissioner, you're Nick Folk, right? Is it Nick Folk? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Doesn't matter. He's a backup. I, I don't remember backups' names. Um, Nick Foles would win the job. So do you remember this, Mr. Commissioner? Can you concur? 
I, I do remember because you are on the uh, Mitch Trubisky train. Yes. And uh, that that is Look, how I recollect that conversation going. It is very important to point out. It's a small train. thing that happened <laughs> this offseason. When the Bears, the entire organization, the entire city of Chicago, Bears fans across America were looking for someone to replace Mitchell Trubisky. The single most important question that needs to be asked was, how terrible must Nick Foles have been that Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky kept that job? How bad can you be? They traded for Nick Foles. Yep. They were the, yep. like they took that they, off the street. They like, took that salary. Off the street. Yep. They traded for him. What's that like? They were desperate for him to be the guy. Unbelievable. Think about that. He got paid twice. Yep. But it makes sense. He, Robbie, it makes you know, sense when you think about it. Because who is going to come off the bench and be more composed after not starting? It's definitely going to be Foles because that's what he's done all his career. So it just makes that sense. Is, yeah, it just makes sense. I mean, and let's let's face it, Scott. When do you need Foles by week six? Week six. As, I, long, as long as Mitch Foles before week six, <laughs> I, I would have preferred, you know, him but, not but to shine see, in the fourth quarter. Look, the best thing about Nick Foles is is because everyone is required to wear masks. No one is noticing the mask that Foles obviously was wearing when he got managed to get paid by the Bears and the Jaguars <laughs> because that is one of the great thefts in modern uh, sports history. Unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. Hey, I would I would just like to say also about fantasy, as David K. May, a big Billy Joel fan, would know, sometimes a fantasy is all you need, right? Did I say that right? Was that the line? That is a tremendous Billy Joel. That is a good... That's, that's good. not even a... That's a deep cut right there. Thank you. Yeah. That's a good, good tune. Good tune. Robbie, thank you so much okay. for Robbie, being on the show I, and I talking for 45 <laughs> minutes. And, you guys think that I just show up and I don't have anything to do with I have all this stuff here. I have two absolute must plays this week for fantasy. Let's hear them. Gotta play them. This is why I get the big money. Okay. This is why we do the podcast. This is why we lift all them weights. This is why you do all that shit. Good. Because I don't think anybody would think about playing either of these two guys. So it's really important to play them this week. Good. First guy you gotta play, Matt Ryan. Okay. I know he's been flying under the radar and people keep forgetting about him, particularly in fantasy. Nobody's paying any attention to Matt Ryan. The reason why you must play Matt Ryan, perfectly shown on Sunday in the game against the Seahawks. Their defense is so bad, they are constantly going to be throwing and coming from behind and playing from behind. Pad those stats, baby Matt. Help all of us get that week one win. That was mandatory must-win situation with Matt Ryan <laughs> Down 20 in the fourth quarter. Because he's going to be down 20 in the fourth quarter a lot this year. And got to play Matt Ryan this week. Other sneaky fantasy guy you got to play this week, Aaron Rodgers. I know nobody ever thinks about Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and playing with it. Nobody ever talks about the guy here. The vaunted Vikings defense only held him to what appears to be 874 points in fantasy this week. Good job by them. Look, here's the deal. Week one, Aaron Rodgers play the Vikings. The Vikings had lost their top three cornerbacks from last season. They were starting an entirely new set of guys in the secondary, and it showed. So, good job by Aaron Rodgers. This week, they play the Lions, who unbelievably are could be down their top four cornerbacks going into this week's game, which also means you got to play Matthew Stafford, too, 
because the only way the Lions are going to score any points is for Stafford to start slinging it all over the place. It it's going to be it's a little crazy. I know oh, going out on the limb. Rob, I think thank- you got to play Aaron Rodgers. I think you got to play him this week, and you probably want to consider playing him again in the future. Th- thank you for your guidance, Sarah. I, I'm surprised you didn't also go with you. Know it was a bad boat ride, the Titanic. <laughs> what a terrible cruise. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Titanic references. What would draw out the Titanic references? Like, oh, hey, by the way, hey, how'd the Dolphins do this week? Oh, good stuff. Thank you, Mister Communications. Because you guys keep talking while I'm trying to talk. But it's Uh, it's, we're now out of time. Just play the the animation one more time. Just play the intro one more time. This has been a special message from UFFL Communications Czar Robert Gajaro. You guys would never guess that I'm running on about three hours sleep. So I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> Good stuff. And go do your Thank thing. you, Robbie G. Thank you, Robbie G. Be well. All's well. Be safe. Everyone. We yeah. will. Thank Good you very job, much. Man. Great stuff. Communications are now. As we start to wrap up the show, let's take a look at what's going on in the UFFL. We have, uh, after one week, Free Jamal, Girlies Gone Wild have wins in the East. Waiver Wire Heroes and Mutt and Jeff do not. West Coast for Life. And Schmingus in the West have wins. CMW and the Mission, regrettably, do not. And the winners in the Central, Hall and & Oates, and the kick-ass Philanthropists, VD, and the Cardiff Fantasy Football Team have no wins. But let's take a look now at the schedule coming up. Scott, you want to take us around the schedule here? Sure. Coming up week two, Hall & Oates against the Mission. Big game for the Mission. They have oh, yeah. running back woes. And if Hall and Oates can get off to a two and zero start, uh, they'll they'll certainly be ecstatic about that. And the mission, if they go zero and two, might start to worry a bit out west in a tough division. Compton's most wanted in what I think could be game of the week material. Compton's most wanted against Free Jamal. Both teams should be above one twenty this week, and you know you know Jeremy Kaczynski is feeling it, and if his team gets rolling. I think we will all enjoy this Mac talk. <laughs> it, it, he's like the Mount Vesuvius of fantasy. He is. <laughs> he is just waiting to erupt. Gurley's gone wild against Rochester. Another powerhouse game. You know, this is UFFL Bowl uh, rematches here from the past, and both teams favored to win their divisions. So Rochester Gurley's huge, huge matchup. Waiver Wire Heroes against Cardiff Giant, and Bartman has informed us. The last time that the Waiver Wire Heroes won a game, week two of the 2018 season, was against Cardiff Giant. Mm. I'm sorry, Cardiff Fantasy Football Team. That's my bad. But it's <laughs> right now supposed to be a tight butthole game. The spread right now is two points. Roster moves will, will be made. But the Heroes have a chance to finally get off the schneid. You got a well, chance. That, that that two points is including a projected fifteen from Michael Thomas. Oh, who will who will not be playing? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So oh, the line man. is shifting, and the heroes are feeling it like a blind been, man reading. It's been like seven hundred days. <laughs> I think seven hundred days since my last win. Sorry, the blind man reading. So we'll see. You know, that's that's another uh, eruption that could come if if. The heroes finally get a win. I hope they have some champagne on hand mm. uh, to celebrate. The last two games, Mutt and Jeff against the kick-ass philanthropists. Right now, the, the mm. line says it's, it should be pretty close. 
I know the philanthropists are hoping for a rebound off of a disappointing week one win. And Mutt and Jeff, hey, they can only go up from after last week. <laughs> That's right. So we'll see if, if big game Mitch Trubisky is uh, the starting quarterback there. And rounding it out is probably going to be the Hork beatdown of the week. Uh, West Coast for life. They looked great last week. And they're going up against Vicious and Delicious. I think uh, Thomas's team is hot, and, and he should win that game. Yeah, I, I think David K. May. What what are your thoughts on next week against my team? Take it that, easy on me. That's an exciting. That's an exciting week too. Two huge games. Ours is not one of them. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I'm worried, Chris, and that's just not me being me. Um, you have uh, quite a compliment to Zeke in your backfield now with Jonathan Taylor at least. Uh, the one A, one B in Indy, and, and you know being able to roll three backs, whether or not you play Rojo, um, AJ Brown. I think the squeaky wheel is going to get greased there. He's he's going to probably blow up against the crap secondary. Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz, and uh, I think you learned your lesson on which quarterback to not play. So oh yeah, uh, I think I think I'm going to need KAP to uh, live up to the offseason hype to beat a, a sneaky tough Mutton Jeff team. Compton, can you beat Free Jamal for me? Is this possible? Can you get this done? It'll be interesting. I'm gonna. Um, I'm only gonna talk about my team for a little bit. Uh, Leonard Fournette will play a lot more this week, so I can actually have that opportunity to go with three backs. I'm actually most excited for Bartman because I think he has a real chance to win this week. And yes. you guys know that that is a that is even a monkey. That is a two thousand pound gorilla. I mean, if he can get that off. If Peyton Barber does a little bit, whoa, with those backs, my God. John. Just a little. I'm hoping for you, Bartman. John, how many games in a row has it been that you've lost? I mean, I can't do that kind of math. Are you kidding me? 25. I think 25. I mean, it's been like 700 days. I mean, it's been almost exactly two years. I mean, it's been – it's week two, so I don't know, like, date-wise how it matches up with that – with the last uh, win, but – yeah, it hasn't been good. But, I mean, I don't have the lowest scoring team in the league. I mean, I think um, I would have won at least two other games. I would have won against at least two or three other teams this week. Yep. Um, you know, I have reason for optimism. Um, we're getting better. Cortland Sutton hopefully will be healthy or healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. But if you have to, gun to your head, Mayfield or Locke, who are you going to go with? Uh, I would prefer to go with uh, option three. But, um, you know, I, I mean <laughs> – I I, uh, I don't feel great about Locke this week. Um, so, I mean, I'd have to say Baker against the Bengals. Um, a Thursday night game, you know, maybe, you know, you know, it's a little bit less time to prepare for Baker. I don't know. Uh, it's a crapshoot. Dude, if Baker gets you like 250 and three touchdowns, watch out. Oh, I think that's not a mistake. I mean – but I, I mean, I think I think the best that I can hope for is like maybe like 18 points. It's I mean, that's, that's 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 what that's what my ceiling feels like with Baker right now. It's funny because it's Sutton playing, you know, yet because y'all's two y'all's two ones are both out. It looks like right now. Mm. Uh, I mean, the the word is is that I mean he was close. I mean, Mike Williams played with a similar injury and looked pretty good. Um, when Sutton's out there, he's going to be the one. I mean, and the thing yeah. is, Sutton being out there is going to make Jerry Judy better too. Right. Um, but uh, I think that I think that Denver needs him. If if Sutton plays, I feel a little bit better. But I mean, uh, I can only count on so much from him right now. Um, I think that as bad as Sam Darnold looked, 
it's going to be even worse against San Francisco. So I don't know what I'm going to get out of Perryman. Um, I, I need Cortland Sutton. So we will see. We will see. Well, that'll do it. Great show, everybody. That was week one of the fantasy football season of UFFL football. The Total Nonsense Podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll take a look at what happened in week two as John and the Wayfire Heroes try to get off the schneid. Can you do it, John? Can you? Tell me. What do you think? I'm going to say yes. Positivity. You're a liar. It won't happen. Everybody, see you next time. Thanks for listening.